Welcome back to the Hook with TMO Fishing Podcast, where we talk about fishing or recovery or ranting or all of the above. I'm Tim Moore. Thanks for tuning in. This episode, I'm joined with Ryan Lilly from Old Town Canoes and Kayaks. We're going to talk about a lot of different things, including um, his his uh, tenure with Old Town, his thoughts on growth of kayak fishing, the launch of the Sportsman line. Uh, we get into a little bit of his experience, you know, and some questions that he had with um, working with people who are in recovery in the uh, fishing industry and uh, a few other things. So hope you enjoy this one. Thanks for tuning in. All right. I am joined today with Ryan Lilly from Old Town Canoes and Kayaks. You are the, I guess your official title now is Brand Evangelist. That's correct. Awesome. How are you doing, Jim? Good, good. Thanks so much for being on, Ryan. It's I've been looking forward to this. I knew when I started this that I was going to want to get you on here so we could talk a little bit of kayak fishing and uh, talk Old Town, kind of keep everybody updated as to what's happening right now. Yeah. Um, you want to start just to kind of fill everybody in, like what you do for Old Town? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I've been at Old Town now, coming up on my five-year anniversary, which is crazy. Um, uh, my position as you mentioned, is brand evangelist, which is a new position within the organization. Um, so really um, still trying to figure out exactly the ins and outs, but really what falls uh, on my shoulders for responsibility is I'm, I'm responsible for consumer engagement and content um, is, is really at a macro level what, what I'm responsible for. So that encompasses social media, um, you know, uh, email marketing, um, consumer events, tournaments, pro staff, all that. And on top of that, um, our content and content strategy. So anything from, from our brand videos uh, through like our, our helpful content where we're, do, we're doing how-tos, you know, preseason maintenance on your pedal drive, that sort of thing. So um, kind of run the gamut. And, uh, you know, I, when I first started with the organization, um, I was the, the brand marketing manager. So um that's kind of morphed and i do some of that still we now have a, a marketing manager alex and and dan works with me he's uh our senior content specialist um and uh so we've kind of been able to staff up and spread some of the work out uh, we hired a brand manager who's handling the the product side of things and so we're staffed up and um i'm able to focus and go deeper now on the consumer side and, and content side which i'm really excited about yeah, and it, it seems like with the sportsman launch, uh, it's a good thing because <laughs> it's it's been crazy. Oh, it's been insane. Um, you know, we we were ramping as a brand uh, for the last few years. Um, you know, we, there's been some key markers there. You know, we we're the oldest uh, watercraft company, canoe and kayak watercraft company, uh, in existence since 1898. So we've been around, and people know us from our canoes and. Our recreational products and you know um i'd say early 2000 teens uh we launched a line of fishing kayaks and it started to kind of um match up with the growing trend in kayak fishing and, and with that we've launched some pretty in, uh, innovative technologies and we had a motorized kayak back in 2014 with the predator mk and then we came out with the pedal drive in 2016 and Really, that started our upward trajectory of the momentum that we have as a brand right now. And uh, yeah, with Sportsman, 
And with everything that's gone down with COVID and the, the growing interest in this, this space and being outside and fishing, um, it's really just propelled it. So I'm thankful that we've uh, staffed up because we've, the work is thick for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been nuts. Even on, even on my end, like I have, you know, kayak fishing clients that will come off the water and say, so I can't find any of these. Will you be selling any of yours at the end of the season? Cause they're just, you know, it's when, when things are really, you know, you can probably find them in retailers right now, but once things got going last summer, it was like, poof, they just they were disappearing. Like they were coming off of trucks. You were seeing retailers post Facebook photos of receiving shipments. And, and within days they were all gone. You know, Kittery Trading Post was selling out as fast as they could get them in. It was crazy. Yeah. yeah you know, this last year has been a really exciting one for, um, you know, what we do. Um, you know, really the, the growth that we've seen in our space has been driven by fishing until last year when COVID hit. And then everybody wanted to be outside and on the water. And, you know, kayaking, canoeing is one of the most socially distant things you can do and yeah. uh, enjoying time outside. And so, you know, we already had that momentum on the fishing side and the growth of, you know, um, expensive kayaks. Uh, and the demand for high-end kayaks has, has, has really been, um, you know, been a reality for us for the last handful of years. But it was the recreational side that was kind of slow. And then this year, you know, our momentum on the fishing side and, and all that we're selling through on the fishing side, coupled with the added demand of people wanting to get outside recreationally, it's just been the whole business. And like you mentioned it, it's really hard for people to find boats right now because they're just, they're selling before they even get to the retailer. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I remember I was at Kittery Trading Post one day last year and they had a sportsman autopilot sitting in the lobby and I, I was doing some product spotlight videos and I said, let's do a quick one on this one. And they published it and it sold that day. They were like, it's gone. <laughs> as soon as people realized that there was one sitting there, somebody came right in and, and bought it. Cause I mean, there were people scouring the country willing to drive, you know, tens of hours to just to go pick them up. Yeah. I've, I've seen that a handful of times, you know, on our um, owners groups on, on Facebook, seeing people, um, you know, driving several States away they found the model that they wanted um you know they live in arkansas they're driving to florida and vice versa it's just it's really cool to see uh just how how hot um you know the old town kayak line um is right now yeah yeah it's pretty awesome and then you know there's definitely you know a lot of covid growth there but you know it's no secret that kayak fishing has been growing leaps and bounds and it I don't know, maybe it's just my perspective, but it seemed like it was, you know, it was really growing fast in the early teens. And then it seemed to kind of almost not quite plateau, but the growth slowed. And then all of a sudden it seemed like it just took off again. And then COVID hit and it was just, you know, that's just a whole other, other ball game. Um, and I, yeah. recently, I was actually talking to somebody over the winter and I, I found out that just behind kayak fishing, ice fishing is actually, it's, so kayak fishing is the fastest growing aspect of fishing and ice fishing has now come kind of barreling up with, you know, right behind it. And, you know, I think in both cases, it's, it's um, new platforms and new, new technologies and, and new um, products available to people like, you know, the, the autopilot, the sportsman autopilot, that thing is just in a league of its own, you know, there's nothing like it. I mean, there's some people putting bow mount trolling motors on their kayaks, but, you know, nothing as integrated as that. I mean, I have, well, two of them now, so. <laughs> uh, 
uh, you know, they're amazing. Talk a little bit about that launch. Yeah, I mean, you nailed it. You know, uh, the growth in kayak fishing has just been, I mean, that has that has been what's been driving our brand now for the last 10 years, um, primarily. And, you know, to, to kind of talk, step back a little bit and talk about the industry growing, um, you know, I think you can kind of, you can mark the growth around uh, the advancement in the platforms. Um, you know, kayak fishing started to take off, but then, you know, people were sick of paddling. Um, and then pedal drive started to really take off. And that, that, that answered that problem for many people is they want to put the paddle down. They want to have their hands on their fishing rods and to be able to focus on fishing. And so, you know, with the, the growth on the pedal, pedal kayak side, um, you know, that amplified growth even more because people realized they, they could sell their paddle kayaks or keep their paddle kayaks and buy pedal craft that kind of answered the issue that they're having or, the, the, you know, the, the challenge that they faced before as a kayak, kayak angler. Um, and then, you know, to, to see motors really start to take off, that really accelerated growth even more. And as these technologies and advancement on the, on the platforms have ever increased and as competition has become more fierce within the space, it's only helped to promote the sport of kayak angling to a greater audience. And, you know, the, the, the general bass market has taken notice. We notice a lot more, you see a lot more professional bass anglers getting into fishing kayaks um, on their, their time off. You know, the Bassmaster guys are, are, are getting in kayaks when they're not competing. Um, so a lot of that is just, it's, it's grown a lot with the technology advancements and the kayak platforms. Um, and so, you know, with us growing as a brand, you know, we started to introduce models along the way. Um, you know, we had the Predator line initially, um, and we introduced some technology within that. And then, you know, there was more people coming to the sport. And we saw an opportunity to introduce a new line of kayaks back in 2017, 2018 called Topwater Line, which was a little bit more price friendly for people that wanted to get into their first fishing kayak or their fish first pedal kayak. And so, you know, we had the Predator Line, we had the Topwater Line, but then we had this new technology with our uh, integrated Minn Kota motors that we wanted to launch. We also understood that we needed to kind of clean up our line because it was kind of confusing when you came in as a consumer to understand, you know, what's the difference between a Predator and Topwater? You know, why would I choose pedal over motor or motor over paddle? And, and so we had some work to do to make it a lot friendlier for someone that's new to the sport to come in and figure out what they needed for a platform. So we took the opportunity to not just launch our new Minn Kota technology in a kayak, but to totally recast our line and to make it a lot friendlier and easier for someone to come in and shop our line. So that's why uh, we rethought, you know, what we were doing and we uh, cast the new Old Town Sportsman line. And what that allowed us to do is bring kind of the greatest hits from Predator and Topwater, as well as have a home for the new um, technology to live and to make it easy because it, now we've got a line of kayaks that are paddle, uh, pedal or motor um, and every single uh a product within the Old Town Sportsman line all have similar feature set. So whether you're someone that's on a budget that can only afford a paddle kayak right now, you're still getting the same basic features that even the autopilot had. 
you know, you get the accessory tracks, you've got padded floors, you've got a premium seat, comes with uh, at least one forward facing rod holder and you get your tackle box. So it's just a great uh, way for someone to come in, even if they don't have the money initially or they're um, kind of just dipping their toes in, they at least are a part of the same club as the autopilot out there. And it gives them a, a, a family to be a part of, a community to be a part of, and then maybe an upgrade path if they want to add to their fleet or to upgrade as they get more and more into the sport. And so it was really an opportunity for us to grow our brand even more and make um, our consumers experience a lot easier coming in and shopping our products. So um, I don't know if that answers your question, but that was really the, the, the purpose behind Old Town Sportsman. Um, and, uh, and the launch was unprecedented. I mean, it was incredibly successful. Uh, we had, you know, the stars aligned and we were able to launch before COVID. Uh, we, we used Bassmaster Classic as our launch platform. And um, it was widely received, uh, wildly received. And we were, um, you know, selling them, selling them left and right. Um, and then shutdowns happened and demand started to increase even more. And so here we are today. And we're still just, the demand is incredibly high for the sportsman line, all models as well as our, our, a lot of our recreational products. Yeah, that, no, that did answer my question. And then the Sportsman launch is, was going to be my my next question. Uh, I don't know if I've ever seen anything like it. Like the, it was just so well received and such mayhem. You know, a lot of it was, I think was around the, the autopilot, but once people figured out like, okay, so the big water is the same as the Predator you know, and they figured out what was what, that it was all the same boats, just one name. It was like, after all, everyone got done complaining, like, oh, I hate the name. And what's the point? And, you know, oh, they're just trying to make money. And then, and then I think what they saw is exactly what you were shooting for was a lot of people saw like this continuity, like it's just the sportsman, which sportsman do you want? You know, and I wasn't a big fan of the name. At first, I was like, I don't know how I feel about sportsmen, but I know marketing people know their jobs, and I know that um, you guys are really good at what you do at Old Town. And I was just like, you know what? It's probably going to catch on. And after saying it a few hundred times, it won't sound so weird anymore. <laughs> and and yeah. and it's that's you know that's totally been the case. And to watch that launch, I mean, I'm I'm a pro staffer, but I'm also a, a user and a consumer, and and to watch that launch and to see. To have people come book guided trips with me just so they can use one of those boats. Like when I got, it was a big water 132. I've had Predator PDLs for years, you know, and it was the same boat. But I had a guy book a trip because he wanted to be the first one in it because he wanted to see if there was anything different from the Predator. No kidding. Yeah. And it just was like, I couldn't even, you know, things I couldn't have even imagined that would happen as a result of that launch. And I don't know if, if it was you that, that referred to it as probably the most successful product launch in old town's history. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. was the most successful launch. And, you know, we had a goal um, and we far exceeded that goal, not that long after launch and um, it's continuing to surprise us. And I think honestly, you know, a lot of it is because, you know, one reason I love working for, for Johnson Outdoors and for Johnson Outdoors Watercraft in particular is we um, value the consumer. Um, 
And uh, we don't enter into anything without doing extensive research. And, um, you know, all I can say about the Old Town Sportsman line name is we tested it. We tested it alongside several other options. And um, that was what resonated. And that's what uh, proved to be the winning name. And so that's what we went forward with. Um, and, uh, you know, I think it's not just the name, it's not just the product. It's, you know, I think it's the entire experience that our team was able to, um, you know, um, launch to, to the consumer and to, and to the trade and why it's doing so exceptionally well. And so we know our consumer, we, we know, um, obviously, um, from a messaging standpoint, what they, you know, at the end of the day, marketing is is really just making a brand relatable to its user, and uh, that's what we want to do. At the end of the day, is we want our our user to understand that we understand them, and that we're listening, um, and that we want to make their experience with us as as great as possible because we want to be around for another 123 years. Um, so, yeah, the the sportsman name and and, and line and, and everything was was thought about and planned for and uh, tested and. I think that all of that hard work is, is paying dividends. Yeah. Yeah, totally. You know, there's in, in fishing in general, I think there's a lot of brand loyalty and um, it's, it's, I don't think it's, it's definitely no coincidence that the, the, the fact that, you know, you, you and, and your, you know, your marketing department listen so closely and customer service listens so closely to the what the consumers want and after you give them what they want you know listening to what they want changed uh, but the level of customer service i can't tell you how many posts in a in an owner's group on facebook that i've seen somebody you know um something broke randomly like on the water and they're irate and the next day they're back on their raving about how well they were taken care of you know um it seems like no matter who they get when they call customer service that person has an almost immediate answer to their problem yeah yeah we 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 pride ourselves in in providing exceptional service and you know our warranty is incredible um one of the best warranties in the industry and and uh you know we we do pride ourselves um, in just providing a level of service and attention to our consumer um, that's, I think, unprecedented in the market. And there's a lot of great brands out there within our space, and um, I have a lot of respect for some of our competitors. But you know, our people live and breathe this, and um, you know, we understand what it's like to break down on the water or to have an issue, and. So we do what we can proactively to put content out there that's helpful. Um, you know, a lot of times it's things that can be avoided with general maintenance and care. Um, and we want to do a better job um, on an ongoing basis of providing that um, content that helps a person help themselves mm-hmm. to preemptively take care of some issues that might arise after use. Uh, but then also, like when things are just happen, you know, things happen. Um, we want to be there and we want to answer it fast because we understand that time on the water is um, valued by the people that buy our product. And we want to make sure that we're helping you maximize your time out there. So we don't want you to have to jump through a bunch of hoops in order to get a part or get something fixed. We want to get you taken care of right away. And again, that starts at 
helping you um, with some content that might um, preemptively help you care for your products better so things don't happen. Yeah, yeah. And, and I will say too that, you know, 90% of the, the few occasions that, you know, you see of people breaking, 90% of that is I hit a stump or I dropped my kayak or, you know, I've been on, I've been using Old Town kayaks since I think 2014. And I use a lot of them and I use them a lot as a guide. And I've only ever had one thing break. And it was a prop pin on my very first PDL. And I deliberately didn't grease oil or rinse that drive because I wanted to see how long it would take that prop pin to rot out. And it was, uh, I think I got it. I got it at the beginning of the season. So I don't know, April or May. And it was the end of August when that thing finally broke of nothing but saltwater use, you know, four to five days a week, never being rinsed. And it, and it broke, and I had, it had been so long that I forgot to pay attention to it and it broke on the water and I ended up having to paddle for that whole guide trip and then fixed it when I, when I got back in and, you know, now I just do the, you know, I rinse them obviously and, you know, put an anti-corrosive on them. So I didn't, you know, hopefully didn't make it sound like there are people like running to Facebook with complaints because it's, it's, you know, it's few and far between, but the ones that you do see are handled very well. And and those people yeah. are still customers, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I, I, you know, I, I, my hat's off, you know, we're, we have such an awesome pro staff, you know, you're, you're a part of that. Um, and um, part of the reason why we can provide the level of care that we do is because we've got an army of uh, pro staff um, that are also uh, active on social and help uh, bring attention to posts that we miss. Um, you know, maybe things that happen over the weekend when I'm with my family and I miss it. Uh, or, you know, customer service misses it. Um, it's quickly brought to our attention because of our pro staff yeah. or our pro staff is able to pipe up and help, you know, point someone uh, towards a solution or, or help answer a question. So it's not just, you know, the four or five of us on the marketing team or the four or five on the customer service team that are caring for these people. It's our pro staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, we just have a, an exceptional pro staff team and, and you know, obviously our, our, our team, uh, our old town team is um, our, our great, you know, customer service providers as well. So, but we can't do it without the pro staff and that's been a huge advantage for us too. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, you know, I've been on, I've served on a lot of, a lot of pro staffs and, and, you know, I still, you know, serve on quite a few of them. And I got to tell you, this is, there have been, you know, peaks and valleys and personnel changes and, and I've always been proud to be on, you know, on Old Town's Pro Stuff. I knew as soon as I remember the the leaked YouTube videos of the development of the Predator, like pool demos and stuff with pro staffers. I think Randy, Randy Vining was one of them. And I was just like, that boat is awesome. That's the one I want. Um, but since you came along, I remember I was just thinking back today um, to the first time we met was at Striper Fest. And it was like September. That's and right. I had, you had you hadn't been on. I mean, what month did you start? June of that year. So yeah, it hadn't been very long. Um, and I think I had worked that event the year before, and working it with you was totally different. And I just knew I was like, this guy is definitely a breath of fresh air. And what you and and Dan and the rest of the team have done with the pro staff has been incredible. I mean, you know, yeah, he's really happy and. 
it, it's it's not just so much about you know what what we get what you give us or what we you know what we get it, it's it's uh how included everybody feels and how valued all the pro staffers feel yeah you know it's it's uh thank you i mean it's super kind um you know we again can't do it alone so it's you know it definitely serves both uh the pro staff and us um you know both ways but you know the way we've looked at it honestly is um you know we need a, a strong and healthy pro staff uh to help us promotionally obviously but also to help provide the early feedback on product testing you know you've been a part of early product testing you know we had um you know, early prototypes of the, what is now the autopilot and some other products along the way, you know, looping in professional anglers and water folks uh, to help test and validate our products is key. Yeah. And so when we invest in the pro staff, you know, there's a lot of pro staffs out there that they'll accept anybody. And, you know, you get a pack of stickers and a slap on the back and, and everybody's in the pro staff. It's it's watered down. And it doesn't mean anything. And that's it's one thing. That Dan, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's one thing that Dan and I wanted to make sure that we worked to avoid is we want to build a pro staff that people want to desperately be on. Mm -hmm. And then when we have the pro staff, it's you know we've selected and you know, we've worked to find the best of the best in every region that are going to be with us for years. And that provide value not only to us as a brand, but to the people in their communities. And to, you know, it's a huge brand building exercise for us, an investment not only in our brand building, but also our product development. Um, and so, you know, it's it's one of those things that um, when you're on the team, you're part of a family. There's high expectations, but we also take really good care of our pro staff. And uh, I think that's starting to pay dividends. It's taken a handful of years to get it to where it's at now. And my hat's off to Dan for a lot of the early groundwork that he's laid for the, the for what the team is now. But, you know, Dan and I, in our newer roles within the organization, we're able to dedicate a lot more time and energy and love into the pro, pro staff program. And I don't know, man, the last 24 months has been pretty exceptional, in my opinion. Nice. Yeah, it's been... It's been pretty cool to be a to be a part of. I know that, you know, to watch the success of that launch and to see, you know, all the hands, you know, that were involved from, you know, de design and and development and marketing and you know promoting the products and it's just yeah, it's definitely. I don't think I've ever seen anything really like it in the fishing industry as long as I've been involved and it's been it's been pretty cool. That's awesome. What, um, so I know a lot of people are, you know, probably scrambling, looking for, looking for boats and, and, you know, what is, what is availability looking like this spring for the sportsman line for people that might be interested? Yeah. Demand is really hot as we've talked about at length already. Um, you know, uh, I would encourage people to, if you really want to get into an old town sportsman boat especially some of the key models like the autopilot, the big water PDL, uh, this, the one, uh, the pedal 120. Um, I would call around, you know, obviously start with your local retailer because you're not, you know, truckloads are going out daily. And uh, 
and retailers do get truckloads of these things. A lot of them are pre-sold, but um, you know, it can be a little bit of whack-a-mole right now. So I'd make sure to call your local retailer and then expand your search zone. And we even have some retailers that ship. Um, so like Black Hall Outfitters in Connecticut or um, um, Nautical Ventures down in Florida, or you know, there's a handful of retailers that um, have storefronts that they can sell a boat to you if you, you show up curbside or if you wanna go in the store. But then you also have the ability to buy a boat online and have it shipped to you, ACK, uh, there's a LL Bean. There's a number of, of retailers, retail partners of ours that ship. So I, you know, scour your local uh, retail network. You can go to our website and look at our dealer locator. But then also um, give a call to our 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 um, retail network that also sells online and ships to ships to your door. And it's always a good exercise too. A lot of our retailers are pretty active on our. Um, uh, closed groups on Facebook. So if you join the Old Town Sportsman Owners Group, a lot of them will kind of tip their hand a little bit and say, hey, I just got a shipment. I got three autopilots available, first come, first serve. And so you kind of get a little bit of that insider baseball as a part of that group. So if you're considering, if you're listening or watching this, you're considering purchasing an Old Town Sportsman boat, I would go join that group um, and uh, get a little bit of inside baseball on when when stuff arrives at certain retailers. Nice. All right. Let's, uh, let's shift gears a little bit. So my, I've, this podcast has been in the, in my brain for a while, but I knew I wanted to being a recovering alcoholic. I knew I wanted to incorporate that into the podcast and not everyone has to, has to be about, you know, recovery, but, um, I would like to touch on them whenever I can. But my question was, how do I talk about that to my friends in the industry that aren't in recovery and my girlfriend one day said she works in that field and she said there's probably nobody alive that hasn't been affected in some way by somebody with a substance use disorder alcoholism or you know the drug addiction of of any kind um and then she was like well they all know you <laughs> so at the very least they can talk about what it's been like to work with you you know um yeah. one of the things that i noticed for a lot of um, people that don't suffer, have, have never suffered from any substance use disorder is they don't always know how to act around people that have like people like me, like when I get around, they don't, you know, they, they you'll see sometimes they'll, if they're having a beer on this, on a beach, they'll put it away or they'll, is it okay to have one of these in front of you? Or, you know, they, they, they feel, you know, kind of um, weird about hanging out with people that, you know, that, that don't drink for instance. And, you know, I think there's definitely, you know, that consideration is always, is always kind. And, and I'm at a point, you know, in my sobriety where I'm pretty neutral to it. So I don't really, it could be a root beer. It could be a cold beer. It could be a cup of coffee. It doesn't really stand out to me anymore. Pretty, pretty neutral to it. Um, but it's, it's not that way, you know, and I'm sure you've probably known someone along the line that, you know, is either um, has or is struggling or maybe people in the industry. Um, I guess talk a little bit about what it's, you know, what, what your experience has been like. I'll, I'll say let's, you know, in the industry, you know, working with people that are, are um, in recovery or that you've seen maybe, you know, enter recovery. Yeah. 
No, um, you know, before working on the Old Town brand, I, I came, my first part of my career was was actually in the ski and snowboard side of the industry, which, um, you know, is, is, is a pretty big party scene. Yeah. Uh, especially on the on the trade side, when you're working for the brands, you go to trade shows, you go to events. There's a lot of drinking, a lot of drug use, um, and so the early part of my career just around a lot of um, folks that are using and abusing, and um, you know, so that was definitely, you know, I actually I I grew up in um, a pretty conservative background and so it was always very unique for me and a new experience for me to kind of early in my career to kind of be around that mm-hmm. um and uh and then you know later on when I, I met and became friends with people that uh were recovering um alcoholics or, or drug users um to kind of like work through um how to um how to navigate is it okay if I have a drink in front of you? Uh, what's your comfort level? You know, and just trying to be sensitive about um, towing that line because you know I definitely came from, you know, career-wise, a, a, a space that was, you know, again heavy alcohol use, heavy drug use, widely accepted, almost too accepted, you know, to um, being around some folks that struggled with it and trying to understand what was okay and what wasn't. And so I think that, you know, the people that I know, just like you, I think are very gracious, gracious and understanding. And, um, you know, I think it can be awkward, though. And I, I guess I'd love to talk to you about that. It's like, you know, um, do you appreciate when someone does kind of shuffle that your way or when they ask, ask you, um, is this OK? You know, do you like that checks and balances or would you rather them just carry on and ignore it? Um. I, I don't like it when my recovery makes anyone else uncomfortable. So if they feel like they have to hide their beer, you know, makes them any, any kind of uncomfortable. I don't, I don't really like that. Um, I do appreciate, I still remember. So when I came to ICAST a couple, two years ago with, with you guys, uh, I think it was the first night we went out. Um, people were ordering drinks. And I remember you said, are you cool with this? And that really stood out because that's really for me, but for me, that's, you know, that's only thing anybody needs to ask. Are you okay with it? I'm fine with it. You know, yeah. when it becomes not fine, I'll just leave and, and not fine for me today is just annoying. When it gets annoying, I just leave. You know, when people start yeah. to get louder or, you know, spitting and <laughs> when they talk and, you know, um, yeah. we've, we've instantly become much better friends. It's, it's usually, that's when my point when I'll leave and, uh, uh, coincidentally, this was R- Rapala had the uh, the beer cart right across from our booth every day, and I enjoyed going over and asking for a cup with no beer in it, as I just wanted one of the cups. And they would yeah. look, at me, look at me like I had three heads, because uh, <laughs> I just wanted. To, I was like, no, 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 don't put any beer in it. I just want the cup. Um, so I, you know, I don't like people to feel like they have to, you know, do anything any differently. Um, I've been sober a long time, you know, 20, 28 years. And I've learned, you know, very well over the years, how to take care of myself in those situations. And it it doesn't really get, like I said, it gets annoying. It gets, you know, but it doesn't get, it's never tempting or, you know, or, or, or anything like that. 
but I, that's where I'm at, you know, and there are a lot of people and, and I was for a long time in my recovery where if I entered a social situation, especially around fishing and people were drinking and having a good time, I just had to leave, you yeah. know, because I knew if I stay too long, I will, I will end up, you know, it was just yeah. really un- awkward and un- uncomfortable for me. And, and so, but even then I didn't like it when people would just like hide their, you know, try to hide right. it because that just reminded me of my life when I was drinking. Cause I always right. was trying to hide it. Right. <laughs> Unsuccessfully, I heard later on <laughs> that wasn't very good at hiding it. Um, so you know, I I think from for most people in recovery, I mean, you know, most people that want to enter recovery, they're taught to you know kind of change your playgrounds, right? And yeah. and you know, it's we have to be responsible for ourselves and what situations we put ourselves in. So you know, for people that are you know kind of newer, um, you know when, when others are around them, just, just be yourself and, and let them take care of themselves. Don't, don't, you know, try to push them, you know, like, Oh, yeah. you know, do you want one? You know, right. here, here, why don't, why don't you drink? That was the question that used to drive me nuts. when people were like, why don't you drink? What do you mean? You know? And then it kind of yeah. set off this thought process and train in my head of like, yeah, why don't I drink? <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. So I, I have a lot of um, respect of how with how open you are about your recovery you know i think that a lot like the ski industry the, the fishing industry does do a fair amount of drinking um and you know i can see where just the peer pressure factor for people could be hard like i can't quit because this is what the industry does or this is what i'm expected to do or this is certain behavior and i think just you and you going against the current and and being open and be like, it's okay to, to fish and not have to have an alcoholic beverage or to be able to go to a trade show and, and still have a great time and not have to get blackout drunk, you know? And so I think you're kind of setting a new standard and you're showing people that struggle or people that are uncomfortable with it to begin with, that it's okay. <laughs> you yeah, don't have to associate the two together, you know? And I think even if it's, even if it's not okay right now, my thing is just to show people that it will be, yeah, you no, know? because it wasn't okay for me for a long time. I mean, it looked way too fun, you know. I just really wanted to be in there. I always felt like an outsider, like there was something different about me, and there was, you know, when I'm in a situation where everybody's drinking and I'm not, there is something different about me. I'm not drinking when everybody else is, right. and that was, you know, that was really hard. And you know, I've never really felt like I had anything to lose by being open about my recovery um questioned whether or not i had anything to offer early on you know but i remember when i first got sober people would tell me that it would probably be in my best interest to be as anonymous about my sobriety as i was about my drinking and Mm -hmm. like i just said i was not very anonymous about it even though when i thought i was everybody knew you know and so i'm you know i'm doing um other people in recovery a disservice by by, you know, hiding that. And and luckily, you know, there's so much work around stigma being done in the last, you know, five to 10 years, like ridiculous, you know, work, amount of work being done to kind of break some of that stigma and uh, let people like myself feel more normal out and about. Um, right. I've never felt stigmatized um, in recovery, but I certainly did when I was drinking, you yeah. know, I, I was ashamed and, you know, um, couldn't really hold my head up and look people in the eye you know, cause it was just like, there was this part of me that knew they were going to know 
what I was really like or what I was really thinking or how I was really behaving, whatever. But I've never felt uh, ashamed or stigmatized over being in recovery. And, and that's, I think, you know, what kind of what I want my message to be to people that are, you know, entering recovery or, or have been in recovery. And, you know, I've recently had, you know, because of this podcast, people come to me and say, I've kept my recovery very quiet for a long time. And how open you are and how well received I see it uh, has inspired me to be more open about my recovery. Yeah. You know, and, you know, I've had recently had people in the industry open up to me about being sober that I didn't even know. I had no idea that they were, that they were in recovery, you know? So I, you know, I think, uh, you know, nothing bad's going to come of being more open. It's just, like I said, you know, early on, I was, I was crazy. I was, you know, I was, you know, there's, they say that, uh, if you, if you remove the, the alcohol from a drunk jerk, you're left with a jerk, you know, and, and I was, I was that jerk for a long time. You know, I was just, I didn't know really how to handle myself in situations. And I, you know, I had a lot to learn. And so I think just showing people that, you know, you can, you can come out of that, you know, and if you're in one of those situations, you know, where you feel like it's not okay for me to be here. Um, my goal has always been to be able to live a normal life as a recovering alcoholic and not feel handicapped by it. And yeah. it took a long time, you know, it just does. It just takes And some people get it sooner than others. Well, no doubt uh, your story is definitely impacting others and your openness is in being bold about, where you're at and where you've been is just, you know, it's so much so that we felt compelled to feature you um, in a piece last year that we, we yeah. filmed with you. And, and I, I had people reach out internally within old town and externally that just really appreciated that message and, and, and what you're doing. So, you know, my hats off to you and kudos. And I think it's, it's incredible how um, open you are about it and how, it no doubt is helping people. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. There's definitely, I noticed a lot of parallels between the fishing industry and, and recovery and, you know, nobody in, in recovery or in the fishing industry really achieves any level of great success without an, an enormous amount of support, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody just shows up and is like, I've arrived, you know, now I'm great and I'm special. So you know, just like the people that, that have helped me in the past, you know, get sober and stay sober that helped me today. You know, there are a lot of people like you that have offered um, some, you know, immense support in as far as, you know, what I do in the fishing industry and, and working together to build our, you know, our two brands and keep growing those two brands. And then, you know, there are people like yourself and it's a handful of my other sponsors that there are some people that work there that offer you know, more personal support in, in things like, you know, just asking, you know, being considerate of, you know, the fact that I'm, I'm in recovery or, you know, any special needs that I might have when I'm at an event, you know, for that. So. Right. It's definitely appreciated. Yeah, man. Cool. Well, you were, you were out fishing this morning. You told me before we started recording, that's, that's fun. I need yeah. What a line. Man, I uh, I'm new to this whole uh, trolling aspect, <laughs> yeah. and it has totally kicked my butt. You know, this last year, uh, just really kind of just trying to figure it out. Um, 
And uh, I, I was not very successful last year. Then Bass season takes over and that really, and Stripers, and that, that holds my attention. And um, so really it's like the short window of time where the ice goes out um, and it's a great time to, to troll for, for salmon and togue. And so I'm trying to figure it out and it's been very much a DIY and like picking your brain, picking Tyler Hicks brain, picking Christy Holmes and Travis, her fiance's brain about um, figuring it out. And Dan's getting into it. Uh, we added downriggers to our kayaks and it's been a really fun challenge. And uh, I, you know, finally caught my first trout trolling um, on Sunday, which I'm really excited about. Um, and uh, so I'm starting to slowly figure it out. And, uh, but I would love to get out there with you some more this year and, and keep, keep learning. Cause it's a, it's a totally different game. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to go jig lake trout this summer. That's yeah. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. I was super jealous to see you and Dan's success over in Champlain. I'm really looking forward to getting out there with you. Yeah. It's going to be a good time. All right. So rattle off those sportsman owner groups on Facebook for people that might want yeah. to find those. So there's a uh, old town sportsman owners group, old town sportsman PDL owners group. There's old town kayak and canoes owners group um, are the three that uh, we're, you know, we own the old town sportsman owners group and pedal owners group. And then uh, we are a part of the old town kayak and canoes. So those are great forums uh, for people that are shopping for or researching, trying to figure out what they want, maybe what model they want. And it's also a great uh, community of people that own the boats that are, um, you get ideas on how to rig, um, support, obviously, if something happens uh, on the water you, or you're confused or, or have a question about how to use certain feature, pe people are very helpful on there. Pro staff's very involved. We're involved. So this is an awesome community um, for pre and post-purchase uh, uh, people. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Definitely check those out. Your YouTube channel is growing as well. And uh, obviously, you know, for the look at everything, go to Old Town Canoes, oldtowncanoe.com, right? Yeah, that's correct. Cool. I'll post a link uh, in the description here. All right. Ryan Lilly, brand evangelist. I appreciate you, you coming on, taking time out of your day to do this for me. I hope people listening and watching enjoy it and uh, get something, something fun out of it. And and uh, see you all out there on the water. Thank you, Ryan. Man, I appreciate you having me on.